one of the, I think, biggest things that we have both learned out of this is we both accept each other exactly for who we are. Both of us have said that it's the relationship is stronger now than it was at any point before. Welcome to Normalizing Non-Monogamy, the podcast where we interview incredible people from across the entire spectrum of non-monogamy to hear their fascinating stories. We strive to bring guests on the show who have a healthy approach to non-monogamy. However, it's important to remember that everyone does it a little bit differently, and the views and opinions expressed by our guests do not necessarily reflect our own. Additionally, we produce this show for entertainment purposes only. Please be aware that we aren't doctors or therapists. Consult a medical professional for anything regarding your health that you might learn about on the show. Enjoy! Welcome to episode 240. We're Finn and Emma, and today we have an interview with Tom. Uh, Tom's been poly for about 15 years. He got his start on Craigslist. Yeah, well, 15 years slash his whole life. Yes. As he'll talk about. As he'll expand on. Yeah. Thanks for the correction. He's he's been officially giving it a whirl for the last 15 years. Right. Uh, And him and his wife have been kind of in and out of ethical non-monogamy as they figured out what works best for them. And they've recently, somewhat recently, found found more of a groove. Yeah. It's a great conversation. And we're super grateful uh, to Tom for reaching out and for coming on and sharing this. Another thing that Tom does, which is awesome, is he's a local community organizer in Colorado. He does something called the Colorado Poly Weekend. He'll tell you all about this. And there will be links uh, in the podcast show notes of where you can reach out to Tom and how you can learn more about that and sign up for future ones. Yes. To find the podcast show notes, go to our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com, and then click on the podcast tab. There you can find uh, podcast show notes for every single episode, including pictures of our guests and links to all of the resources that our guests mention. It's a lot of information, and you should definitely go check it out. Also, while you're on our website, you can go check out our Patreon community. We're incredibly grateful for each and every one of you that's part of this community. It keeps growing and we love all of you. Uh, we have ongoing Mimi chats, monthly Q&As, monthly men's and women's groups meetings, and you can find all the information on our website, Normalizing Non-Monogamy. Click on the Patreon tab. Yeah, as Emma said, a huge thank you to all of you for being a part of the community and for helping us build something absolutely incredible. We're excited about it and we get a ton out of it every single day. So thank you all for being our friends and for supporting the show. If you're out there looking for community and Patreon is not the best fit, we also do monthly virtual meet and greets. We just had one last week with over 30 people and it was awesome. We're going to be taking the month of July off from the virtual meet and greets for the summer, but we plan to be back in August. So check it out and come back and join us then. Absolutely. We'll see you in August. Yes. Well, we'll see you before August. Hopefully, but also in August. In August. On the virtual meet and greet. Yeah. The last (laughs) thing we wanted to talk about here in the intro before we let you get into Tom's interview is our favorite way to get tested for STIs and also our favorite affiliate sponsor of the show, stdcheck.com. When you use the links in the show notes, you save $10, which brings the cost of a $10 uh, $10 test. Of a 10-panel test down to $130. It's actually $129. It is $129. <laughs> and this is a service Emma and I uses. We absolutely love it. Uh, it is super easy. It is fast. And again, it is low cost. It is affordable. Uh, you basically sign up online. They fax your information over to whatever lab you choose, any local lab. You show up. You give them some blood and some other stuff. And then... Uh, in a couple of days, you get your results texted to you and you can go check them out in your online portal and share them with whoever needs to see them. 
Yes. Again, this is a service Emma and I use. We wouldn't tell you about it if we didn't use it and love it. Uh, again, using the links saves you $10 and it also helps support the show financially. So thank you in advance for doing that. And thank you in advance for being awesome sexual health advocates. Yes, thank you. And you can find the links again on our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com under resources. While you're on our website, another thing you can do is contact us, reach out to us, send us a voicemail, send us an email. We'd love to hear from you. If you want to come on the podcast and share your story, we'd love to have you. Or if you just want to send us a question or feedback, we'd also love to have that. So go and reach out to us too. There's tons to do on that website. So much information. We should probably add like some Angry Birds or <laughs> some, some fun games to play over there. Yeah. Yeah. We could we can look into adding those. All right. Yeah. That's not happening. So anyway, <laughs> we'll see everybody after this interview with Tom for the outro. And we've got lots of exciting things to tell you about there. Or maybe we don't. You'll have to listen. <laughs> You'll have to listen to find out. Wow. Way to tease it. Yeah. Let's go talk to Tom. Well, welcome to the podcast, Tom. We're so excited to talk to you today. So thanks for being here. Yeah, it's good to be here. Looking forward to it. Yeah. Do you mind introducing yourself for us and, and for the listeners? Because we, we've been talking to you for about six minutes and we <laughs> we don't know anything about you. So welcome. Sure. My name's Tom Satter. I am been poly for about 15 years and well, okay. I've been poly my whole life. I figured out I was poly about 15 years ago. Yeah. I run a thing called the Colorado Poly Weekend. It's like a once or twice a year thing right now. And I'm pretty active in the poly community here in the Denver area. And that very busy life and yeah. happy. Yeah. Awesome. awesome. Well, we'll we'll circle back and get all the gooey details on the poly weekend. Okay. But I'm curious, you said, well, you've been poly forever and you just realized it 15 years ago or so. So take us back, take <laughs> us back to forever, take us back to forever and then take us back to 15 years ago and what happened then that, that made it a reality for you. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's one of those things where you, you go back in life and you look at it and you're like, wow, I'm pretty sure that when I was little, I was poly for sure. I mean, I definitely, the friendships I had and the, the connections I had, you know, lots of really close emotional connections with both boys and girls at that point in life. You know, it's like, oh, <laughs> but then I was raised in a very religious household. My dad was a pastor. And, you know, growing up, it was always just, you know, especially getting to dating age, it's like, you're going to marry one person. You're going to date one person. You're going to marry one person. You're not going to have sex till you get married. And then, you stay married forever until one of you dies and then you can do something else. Um, and, you know, it definitely went right down that path. You know, it was like raised very religiously. And it was like, and we weren't a fundamentalist religion, which I'm thankful for, but, you know, still very much a, a, on the, you know, the relationship escalator going right up it. And, you know, got out of high school and went into college and uh, met my now wife in college and we got married right out of college. Um, you know, it was like just the normal progression and bought a house and, you know, we're working and yeah. eventually had kids. And, um, it was about five, oh, two or three or four or five years. We had where after the kids were born, when I figured out that I was poly, um, you know, it, it was a multi, many year journey to get to that point because you know throughout the marriage we'd been married i don't know 10 
10 years or so before we had kids. And a number of times in that time, forming a close emotional relationship with usually another woman, you know, for different circumstances. One was, you know, working on my master's degree and having somebody, we weren't working on a project together, but we were both working on our thesis projects and we would just meet at a coffee shop every week so that we would actually work on it. And so doing that for six months, it's like getting very close. And it's funny, all the things you learn after you're poly, I guess not being poly, I eventually may have learned these things too, but like learning the term demisexual and understanding mm -hmm. that like, I do not usually experience sexual attraction to people at all, but then when I get close to them, it's like, Oh, you know, it becomes like a physical relationship. It's like, that's more of an important thing. It's like, ah, but everybody you meet generally in those situations is also monogamous. You know, the majority of the people out there are. Right. And, and I was monogamous at that point, you know, it's like, okay, like, you know, after we finished our thesis projects, saying, you know, hey, we should stay in touch. You know, it's a really good friendship. Let's not lose that. And at that point, you know, it was, it was just a really close friendship. So we scheduled to go out after work one day. And she's like, this feels too much like a date. We can't do that. It's like, okay. And, you know, it, you lose the whole relationship. It's kind of like, you don't, there isn't like a, a weird middle ground typically for having a partner who's really close emotionally. Um, mm -hmm. In the monogamy world, it doesn't, typically work like that so we uh you know that broke up there, there were a couple of other ones like that and after like three times i was like you know this really stinks i, I don't like it you know yeah and i think it's that idea that if you get close emotionally with somebody and it's somebody of the same gender as you it's easy to be like oh we're just really close friends yes. but if that happens and you are now opposite gendered or not the same gender then like all of a sudden it's risky it's scary oh now we're dating now we could fall in love and there, there's a whole element that comes along with that and then i just wanted to also comment on your demisexual piece of like that is a very interesting i hadn't really thought about it like this but the idea that like you don't really know the attraction is there until you get to know the person and then you're almost sort of in too deep in yeah. a way, right? Yeah, you get, yeah, it, it, it was weird. And it was like, okay. And so, yeah, <laughs> well, it's funny is, you know, so at this point, like we have two kids, we've been married for 17 years at this point. And it's like, okay. So I, I talked to my wife, I'm like, I, I want to be able to form a relationship with somebody and not have, you know, and have it be allowed to go past the point of being emotionally close, be, be able to have a physically close relationship too. And it surprised me because she said yes. And I wasn't anticipating that. Um, but then I didn't have any idea what to do. I didn't know the word polyamory at that point. This was, you know, like late nineties, early two thousands. And it's kind of like, okay. So I posted an ad on Craigslist you know, their personal section at that point. And I'm like, Hey, you know, this is what I'm looking for. I'm, I'm not leaving my partner. I, I love my relationship with them. I'm looking for other friends. And, and part of this was drawn out of the, the first three people I had met were all people who were monogamous. I mean, it's like, you, I don't want to spend the time to get emotionally close to somebody 
and, and then find out after the fact that, okay, that's not going anywhere. Right. So I, yeah. I, I just like, okay, I'm just going to look for people who are like me. And, but I didn't use the word polyamory because I didn't know it then. So I was like, okay. And okay. I didn't know this then. Now I look back and this never happens, but somebody replied to my post who lives three blocks away from me. And it's like, <laughs> I am in the same boat. Like I have, a, I'm married, have a partner, we're open, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I can't believe this. And we ended up going out and we dated for about three months. And in those three months, we got closer and closer. And it was actually a pretty good relationship. It was working out great. And it was starting to actually get to the physical side. Like we, we'd gone out quite a number of times. You know, it, we both were going pretty slowly. And... <laughs> we got to a point where it's like just starting to get physical and my wife is like i'm not comfortable with this like you know it, it's one thing to be comfortable with it abstractly it's a different thing to be comfortable with it in reality and well, yeah when it's actually time, happening <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly it's like huh and then at the same time that partner he called me and we were having a conversation. He says, like, I think we're finally at the point where we can tell our spouses we're ready for the divorce. And I'm like, okay, that like we had a long conversation when we first started. That was not, that's not where we were going. I love my wife. I'm like, I, I do not want a divorce. Like I never have. And yeah, wow. she was just looking for somebody as a safety, you know, somebody to hold on to as she left her marriage. And I didn't know that. And so the whole thing fell apart, um, you know, and then we went through like four years of making every mistake in the book, right? You, we, you and like, your wife, my wife and I, yeah. yeah. And, you know, it's like, okay, so I'm like, fine, I won't be, I, I, I won't be polyamorous. So I said for a year, I'm not going to do it. But yeah, it, at that point I had found the word polyamory and I was on some poly groups online and like, you know, just learning more about the community. I'm like, this is who I am. I mean, I know that's who I am. I'll just be monogamous. And I'm like, end up, you know, turning more like bitter, you know, kind of resentful. And I'm like, yeah. that, that does not work because this is going to just kill the marriage. This isn't. And uh, so after work or a year of that, we're like, okay, that's not working out. And then, so she's like, well, just don't tell me, right. Just you can do what you want, you know, effectively don't ask, don't tell. And uh, yeah. I, I'm sure that there are people, I've heard of people where that works great. And I think they, they must communicate in a way that's like somehow they know what not to ask and what not to tell. I don't know. <laughs> I'm really not good at it. <laughs> I'm kind of like, so what'd you do today? You know, I went out to lunch. Oh, who'd you go to lunch? I'm like, myself <laughs> yeah. all by myself right I, yeah I went out with nobody that you want to know about right so anyway we, we had an interview i was just gonna jump in really quick time we had an interview a couple of months ago where somebody was talking about their don't ask don't tell and they were like you know it works great but part of the don't ask don't tell is the don't ask and what's a problem is my my wife and I, we love to share what we're doing in our lives. And so I would come home from being out and she'd be like, how was your day? What was going on? How are you? What happened? And then I have to start lying over and over and over again to protect my partner instead of, and being, that doesn't work. And that doesn't work either. <laughs> and so it forces you into a lying situation that really yes. doesn't work. Yeah, very much. Yeah. It was, it was a rough year. And 
also that was a point where I wasn't on dating sites yet. I was on, I think adult friend finder because that was mm-hmm. like discreet. And, but the people I tended to meet, there are people who are cheating on their spouses. Um, and I, that was ethically difficult. I wasn't looking for that. Um, and at that point I was getting to know more about polyamory and I was like, this really, I think the way I need to go. Um, and then, you know, we went forward, we, we basically stopped doing that. Um, it stopped. I actually had a partner I met on Adult Friend Finder. We ended up having sex. It was great. We, and it also wasn't great. It was like after that, it was kind of like I realized I'm not going to be able to do this. I'm like, it just yeah. feels like lying all the time to me. Um, so, you know, thankfully that one wasn't a relationship that was, you know, she was cheating on her husband. That wasn't one that was probably going to last anyway. So that relationship ended and then we basically the next year was really rough. I mean, it was just trying to work through, you know, it's like unpacking all the monogamy. It's like, especially in, you know, if you follow the relationship escalator and your lives just get intertwined, Mm -hmm. a, a lot of it is really just trying to separate two lives back out. So you're autonomous and, you know, thankfully my wife and I are both very autonomous people. Uh, you know, we don't, we like to do things together. Our lives are entwined in that we're nesting partners. Um, but it, it, even that you, you, all your friends are the same, you know, it's just difficult. And, um, so we started doing that and we eventually separated. Um, we had two small children at that point and separated and we're like, okay, I, I, I lived in the house, but I was living in the basement in my room and she had her own room upstairs and we did that for about four months until we finally came to the realization that I, ultimately what you have to figure out is I, I I'm going to be polyamorous. I know that I, I, at that point I was pretty clear that that's who I was. I'm a polyamorous person and it's do we want to be in a new relationship where I'm poly and she's either monogamous or poly. You know, she can decide. Or do we want to not be in that relationship, right? But effectively, the monogamous relationship we had originally is over, right? And, and it's like trying to come to terms with that and understand that you, you can't move forward with the religion, the original relationship the way it was. It, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. It, it just, it took a lot of time to like let that go and grieve it. You know, it's kind of like the... I was going to say, there's a grieving process there because your yeah. relationship is fundamentally changed. Exactly. And it, it's like, okay, so we... You know, we did. And we, and then we, you get to the point of that when, okay, that one's finally, you're getting better with that being done. Do we want to, how do we want to go forward? Right. And then you get a little bit more of a clean slate. Okay. Do we want to go forward? And we more or less sat down and said, okay, we think we'd like to stay together. You know, we still love each other. We still, uh, the things that we do together, we like, um, how do we make that work? Right. And so we did. And, um, and that was about 15, 14 years, somewhere around there ago. Yeah. Then since then I've been poly poly, um, you know, and I, I got on OkCupid and was on poly matchmaker years ago when it was a thing. Um, in fact, I'll talk about that a little later that poly matchmaker community was a big deal because at that point it was the only active forums. There weren't, sure. um, mm-hmm. there weren't the Facebook or Yahoo groups yet. So we were, 
anyway, it was on those poly groups. I'm like, okay. And, <laughs> and I started dating people on OKCupid. Okay and I realized how incredibly rare it is to find anybody local to me who's not monogamous. Right. <laughs> you know, I'm like, yeah. And to find somebody who actually was a decent match, you know, too. I mean, I must have been yep. on 50 first dates, you know, when people are like, yeah, some of them are still friends. You know, it's like, but we're not going to date, right? Um, or they live 30 miles away or they live, uh, you know, across the country. <laughs> That's not uncommon. Um, <laughs> yeah. it kind of, and it's also funny to look back and realize how nervous I was, you know, <laughs> those first dates. And, yeah. and now it's like, no big deal. It's like, whatever. <laughs> you really get used to it. <laughs> yeah. I have a question going back to the, the original conversation you and your wife had about like where you felt like you could go on to the, the, and make the post and you met the person that was yeah. three blocks away. Like the conversations that you two had that got you to that point where, when you were talking about that was the conversation, like I'm interested in meeting other like potential sexual and romantic partners. And I want to do this with you. Like, was she in the boat of like, I want to do it too. Or was it like, well, go ahead, Tom. But like, I'm, I don't know, like, cause that's a big leap to just like bring to a monogamous marriage after 10 plus 15 years or so. It was. And all of a sudden you want to like go and maybe date other people. So like, what did that transition look like? Even though, even though it sounds like you tried it, it was a dumpster fire. You put the fire out, you moved to the basement, you moved back, you read it. You like, you, you started to get it on the right track, but that initial, like yeah. that initial jump off the platform. It, it wasn't great. Um, you know, it, it wasn't, I, I didn't have uh, anywhere near the communication skills that I've learned since then. Yeah. That's one thing I'd say being in the polyamory community has been wonderful for is that it's kind of like a master's course in communication and, um, just learning about yourself to introspection, you know, I, Back then, I, I didn't know the words. You know, what I was like is like, I know I form emotional connections with people. Um, I didn't realize at that point that I was bi. You know, I at that point, I'd been raised, like I said, very religiously, but also <laughs> went to high school and college in Wyoming, which was not known at that point for their gay-friendly um, <laughs> world. And are, are they today? <laughs> no, but they are getting better. Like, I have, okay. hope. I have some nephews who go to... <laughs> college at the university of wyoming which is where i went and i'm uh, i am actually very hopeful with the things they talk about that there are there's definitely more progressive acceptance yeah. going on which is good because it was very bad in the 80s um yeah so anyway you know it was one thing it was like okay and now I, I don't have any partners who are male right now but i have had male not quite partners, but almost partners. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And it, that's wonderful. You know, it's so mm -hmm. it, it's definitely interesting. Um, anyway, but back then with my wife, we were, the, the conversation literally was, you know, not very long, maybe half an hour and an hour talking about, I know I form these connections with people. Um, I, I would like to, if I get close to somebody and it, feels like the relationship is moving to a physical relationship to be able to take it to a physical relationship. Um, we didn't ever talk about like swinging. Um, I didn't even know about it then. Um, but she was not interested in doing that. 
um, in a physical relationship with anyone else. So, but but initially at the outset, she was at least supportive of you trying this. She was. We've talked about it since, and it, I think it was more she was afraid I was going to leave. Um, yeah, is the yeah. Way it comes across. almost like a oh, just a fear response. Po- yeah, the poly yeah. under duress, right? Yeah, and you know. <laughs> You know, it definitely is something where you get, or I, I get to this point and look back and I'm like, you know, there's so many things I, I could have done so much better. Um, but I, I didn't know it then. Um, yeah, 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 it, it's hard. And, you know, I think at this point, both of us would say, you know, I've talked to my wife many times since then. Um, I, one of the, I think, biggest things that we have both learned out of this is, we both accept each other exactly for who we are. Like there, when you're, when, when we were married, it was a little bit more of a, um, it's still that projection of how you know, you're projecting your ideal mate onto your partner and somewhat trying to change them a little bit into this or that. And there's none of that going on at this point, you know, it, at least not that I consciously am seeing. If we ever see it consciously, we stop it. Mm-hmm. Um, where it's like, no, that's who you are. You know, th- this part about you, there's some things you do that annoy me a little bit or don't, but the vast majority of the things we do together, I love. Um, and that's awesome. And I want you to be happy. And we both do that. And, you know, there are certain things that, um, you know, maybe not relationship wise, but in other parts of life that I may not have accepted about her, that, you know, part of coming through all of this is learning to accept those and be like, yeah. And both of us have said that it's the relationship is stronger now than it was at any point before that. Um, so it definitely was an interesting journey. Um, you know, it, it, it takes quite a while. We were both on, there was a, there were Yahoo groups back then called like living polymono and another called polymono that dealt with people who were trying to transition to Mm a poly mono relationship. Um, And this was after, like after the two of you kind of decided to try to go back into this together. Yeah. In those times. Yeah. And it was, um, we, we were on those groups. Um, There was somebody who had posted something that said roughly you should count on a month for every year that you were together. If you're trying to switch a relationship and, you know, we were together 17 years. It took us more than 17 months, but it still took quite a while. It was, <laughs> it takes a long time. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I'm sure it's still ever evolving, right? Like, it's not like yeah. you hit a mark and you're like, oh, well, I'm glad we're through that. This is easy now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it is much, much easier now. But yeah, it, it was not like we flipped a switch and everything was golden. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very, very funny. Yeah. I I also wanted to go back to, I just, I think it's a pretty amazing thing the two of you did where it was, you tried it, it kind of blew up in your face. You actually got to a point of like, maybe we should separate. You moved to the basement and then four months later, you're like, well, what the hell are we doing? Like, are we, are we together? Are we not together? Do we want to be together? Do we want to be apart? And then it was like, all right, well, let's tear this shit down to the foundation and build what we want to build. And and it sounds like you got, after many months, many years probably, to a place of we just accept each other. And I think that from 
moving to the basement to we just accept each other, like that's a huge, huge journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. It, it was. It, it was. It was not all rainbows you know after that day i don't was, believe it was at all i don't know if there was any rainbows <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah we basically we decided okay we're staying together but then there you know the first time i had an actual partner that was a real partner um and mm-hmm. a real poly partner you know it, it it was definitely trying for a while you know it, it's like we were going through the growth spurts of how do you oh, and part of okay <laughs> i don't know how many people you will have in poly world who will tell you this but it's like you know, there's always the question of, do you tell the kids or not? And of, I told the kids mm-hmm. right away. Cause I'm like, if I have a partner who's my first partner, who was more than like a couple months, um, was a long distance partner. And so when she would come out, she would stay either in a hotel, or, but we would, she, my kids would see her. It's not like <laughs> she's invisible. Right. And so we told them right away. Cause they're like, just so you know, I have other partners. They're here that's what's going on. You know, we're all good with this. And do you mind me asking how, how old your kids were at that point? Approximately um, at that point, my daughter was probably eight ish, seven Uh Mm -hmm. in that area. And my son was probably two or three. Um, Okay. So pretty young. Yeah. So for my son, he grew up with it being something that he's known his whole life. My daughter still remembers before that. And she also was more aware during the times when we were, like growing into it. I don't know if that makes sense, but mm-hmm. she's more like, there were definitely times when I would go out on a date where my wife would stay home and she would be upset about it. Um, mm-hmm. And my daughter remembers those times. Um, you know, we've talked about it since then. Uh, you know, she's in, just graduating from college now. So um, it, it's, it, you know, it, it's something I think that was a little hard for her. Um, mm-hmm. you know, the other thing that was difficult was, you know, and at that age, you don't know your kids, friends, parents that I, I knew them well in that I saw them a lot, but I didn't mm-hmm. know them well in that I knew them there, that well. I knew their, their names were, you know, Joe's mom, right? <laughs> yep. Yep. And it, it is awkward. Um, you know, I did run into one of them out at the restaurant one time when I was with a different partner and, she yeah, she basically saw me, made eye contact, then ducked her head and ran out, left the restaurant, and would not talk to me about it again. And I definitely got vibes from people in that group that, oh, you're cheating on your wife, you know. But I, I mean, I am. It, it took a little while, but by that point, I was out as Polly. I am a hundred percent out on Facebook. I, everybody who asks me about, it, I'll tell them I'm not going around evangelizing it. Yeah. 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 It's, it's not like you have to do a lot of asking in order for you to let you know. Um, <laughs> you know, and if I run into people in general, if they talk to me, I'll be like, Oh, this is my partner. So-and-so we're in an open relationship, you know, fine. That was also a little tricky because you know, we, my wife and I weren't at the same point as far as how out we wanted to be, um, like, especially when the kids were in school, she was more wanting to make it so she wasn't out. <laughs> That's really hard <laughs> when one of us is. Um, so yeah. I, it yeah. took me a little while to get to the point where I was fully out. But by the time we'd had that interaction, I 
I think my daughter was in middle school or high school at that point. Mm-hmm. It, you know, so yeah, just funny <laughs> the things you run into. Yeah. yeah. Well, and thanks for sharing that about the kids too, because that's a question that someone we get all of the time asking about. Well, yeah. what age is appropriate? When do you? Because you don't want to hide things from them, but you want to also, in some ways, protect them, but from society too. But then, it, yeah, there's just so many considerations to yeah. go into of what what to do. Yeah, it's always tricky. I, I don't think the kids haven't done badly by it. We've, you know, over the years we've moved more towards a kitchen table poly model, um, and you know, I I now have a partner who's local, um, who I've been with for a little over eight years, and she also has kids about our kids' age. Um, their kids, our kids, they get along, but they're not. It's not like close friends. But, you know, we, we regularly get together. We'd go to the water park together as families, mm-hmm. um, you know, and uh, they're pretty close. Um, my wife and my partner do things together. <laughs> they don't do they do some friendly things together. They, they do some work together because they run a business that they kind of work sure. together in. Um, yeah. which is <laughs> definitely interesting. Um, yeah, so it, it, it's interesting. Um, you know, life has taken a different turn than I kind of anticipated it would, but I'm really liking it. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think it's interesting too, like that, you know, you kind of talked about, right? In those early years, you going out on a date is probably way harder than you going out on a date today. Yeah. And that, that was sort of what your daughter was probably picking up on, like, dad went out on a date or dad went out even yeah. if she didn't know where you went and her mom is having a hard time with it. And yeah. so like, how do you explain that within the confines of like, no, he's not doing anything wrong, but it is still hard. Like there's that line of like, no, no, he's not wrong, but I'm still struggling. I'm still working through this. And like, that's a hard concept even as an adult to, to process. And so as a, 10 year old or an eight year old, like, yeah, that's challenging. Yeah. 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 It's pretty wild. Um, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's like everything else. It's kind of like you go through, you go through it and then you do it. And the more you do it, the things that seemed scary become less scary. Mm -hmm. And that's been true for both me and my, my partners, my wife, you know, I, I think all the things that we thought were really hard, we're really hard in the moment, but Without now, you know, it's like, Oh, okay, whatever. I, you know, it's not a big deal now. Um, yeah. And that was in no way a negative on your wife. Like, well, if only she no. had been able to like handle it, <laughs> no, like, and not at all. Like that's hard shit. Like yeah. you've yeah. never done that before. No, no one teaches you. You don't go through school <laughs> learning how to do that. So. Yeah, they don't. Uh, yeah. It, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, it, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. Uh, so let's see what else. Um, other things. Uh, so I, I'll just I'll run through my current partners and then back up a little. I have um, sure. I, I have another partner who lives um, about an hour's drive from here, and I see her um, about every week and a half. And we've been together for five years, and that's actually a really good relationship. Um, just you know, not the one that lives closer to me is in town. So we see each other more often. 
the, then I have a, a long distance partner who is somebody I know from uh, a thing called the Vermont Poly Weekend, which I'll mm -hmm. talk about in a bit. But yeah, she she and I met there years ago, and over COVID, we ended up like starting to just zoom back and forth, and it turned into an actual relationship. But uh, we've been dating now for a year, um, but she lives in Brooklyn, so that's a long distance when we see each other only a few times a year. Um, so, so those are the four relationships I'm in right now. Um, they're really good, um, very strong, and you know it, it's interesting to <laughs> everybody gets together. It, it's funny because we're in very much a distributed polycule. Like if I I started mapping it out one time and I you know get to like 15 people and I stop because I I start running to the point where I don't know who their other partners yeah. are, you know, three letters right, out. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. And just to clarify, is your wife at this time still uh, still mon monogamous or is she poly now too? Um, she's said that she considers herself poly at this point. Um, you know, it's her story to tell, but I, mm -hmm. I don't, she's not seeing anybody right now. You know, yeah. that would be awesome um, if she wanted to. It's awesome if she doesn't. I don't, it's not my place to tell her what relationships to have. Um, yeah. You know, my, my other partners all have other partners. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe she will someday, maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we'll see. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I guess, can you talk, well, you touch on telling the kids and everything, but how has the journey gone the last, I guess I'm going to estimate like 10 years to, mm -hmm. to, to get to where you're at now of things are being much easier. Like, are there pieces of that journey that stand out to you that would be important to share or. So a lot of it was, okay. A lot of it was just straight up consistency, you know, and trust. It's like, I, I, I said this all the time. It, when I first started going down the polyamory path, I, yeah, I would tell my wife, I love you. I, I have no intention of leaving this relationship, uh, but I think that's such a trope that, you know, everybody says that. <laughs> and so, and then they leave. And then I, I honestly think a lot of it is just being very consistent with, uh, I, I've now, you know, I have, four partners right now total. I've had other partners come and go over the years. I I'm not leaving. Right. And uh, this, the other thing that's really funny is I, you know, learning about things, I would now consider myself solo poly, uh, but I'm in a nesting relationship. And I was in a nesting relationship between, before I even knew that that was a word, right. Um, mm -hmm. Or an option. <laughs> so it's kind of like, okay. Uh, you know, when I look at it, one of my dreams would be like, buy a trailer go and just drive around the country and spend a week with this person and two months with that person and you know just end up with different people and i, I still eventually think i'll move that way um we have another project that's going on right now that's kind of interfering with that but uh, but i didn't know that <laughs> getting into right. it right. <laughs> it's going uh I don't know. I, I forgot. Sorry. You can do what you want with this, but I, I won't remember what the original question was. I'm sorry. Yeah. It was, it was uh, sort of like along the line, just like, what have you, what have you learned throughout the last 10 learned? years that is, that has yes. helped, that has helped you and your wife get to a place of, 
this is a little bit easier consistency that's where you were yeah so it's yeah Yeah. consistency and saying uh, i'll be here and yeah i'm i may not be here physically all the time and that part i understand has changed um but emotionally and supportive wise and everything else i'm here and you know and i hope my partners all think that um you know i think they do um they know they're all loved i know that you know so uh yeah it, it, it was an interesting journey even that part um a lot of it was just getting to know the community more you know it, it's it it's hard when you very first start out down the non-monogamy path and not knowing people um you know there there's a very active group in boulder called the boulder, boulder poly meetup um that i've been at various levels of involvement with over the years um but they meet every single monday for a discussion group and then social time afterward and and the person who runs it has been running it every single monday for like 12 years i think 11 or 12 years at this point um, which is amazing and they now do one on thursdays with a virtual one on thursdays because during zoom it was all virtual and some people really liked the virtual version Um, but that you know that that community I've ended up with, you know, a number of friends in that community, which is nice. But, and so it's my wife, she's gone to that and, you know, has met many people from there. Um, and my other partners, my other partner is very active in the Denver Metro poly group. And so mm-hmm. yeah. she's involved with that. Um, yeah, it, it's been really good. I, yeah, I, I think, it, it's nice. I I don't date most of the people I know. I haven't dated them. I just like them. There's just in general, what I've found is that the people who get to poly have generally done an awful lot of inner work to get to that point. Um, and many of them are people who I really, really like hanging out with. Right. So mm-hmm. it's pretty neat. I've yeah. <laughs> like that. A lot. Yeah. It sounds like you very much, over the years just found and cultivated the community around you to really support, support you. Yeah, you do. I have. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, one, one thing about that was when I was very first, when I was brand new to poly, I was on poly matchmaker. I told you that, um, it's a terrible dating site. It always was a terrible dating site, but at that point it had forums. Like you could actually go on and chat with people and they were very active and, and the guy who ran it became more and more paranoid and the forums went away, but then everything moved over to Facebook or Yahoo. So, but before all that happened, you know, what I, I had many people that I would chat with electronically. I didn't know any of them in person and I got to figure out they were all on the East coast. Like everybody I knew was on the East coast and they would always talk about this thing called the Vermont poly weekend that they'd go and they'd host and they'd all get together. And I was like, man, I would love to do that. And I started dating somebody who was off of that forum. Um, that was the one that I started dating long distance early on. We decided we would meet at the Vermont Poly Weekend. Um, so we, we met up there. That wasn't We met in Chicago once before that just so we could have some alone time and see if it was something we wanted to move forward with as a relationship. But then, And just, just I'm going to interrupt you for one second for context about how long ago was this? that this happened? Mm, probably 13 years 
It was after okay. after we had decided we're poly, but not that long after, maybe a year or two okay. after. And so we um yeah, I, basically the Vermont Poly Weekend. I, I went to that in October, and one, it's October in Vermont, which is awesome. But two, it's fifty people at that one um, who were all poly. And it was the first time I'd been with a poly group that wasn't like just a discussion, right? I and it's just people hanging out, talking, playing games, going for a hike, um, you know, basically cooking something or whatever, hanging out together with a hundred percent normalcy. If you have three, two partners sitting next to you on the couch holding hands, right? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it wasn't a swinger party. There weren't, so there weren't, there wasn't sex going on in the living room or in bedrooms, but well, I'm sure in bedrooms there were, but it wasn't like open voyeuristic things. Right. right. <laughs> it, it wasn't a kink party. It was just, you know, just straight up poly. And it, it was amazing. It was like, I had never seen that. And to be able to be in it and be like, wow, uh, this is one really normal. And two, really cool just to get to hang out with a bunch of people that I enjoy hanging out with. Um, and I got to meet that first time I got to meet probably seven people from the forums that I'd known for two years at that point, I got to actually meet in person, which was really cool. That's the first time I'd met all, any of them except that one partner. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was wonderful. I, I, they, the person who hosted that, um, ran it two times a year in October and April um, for a long time and, um, only stopped when COVID started. So I, you know, I don't know if it'll start back up in Vermont again or not. Um, I don't run that one, but you know, seven years ago. So I, I, at that point I'd been to the Vermont one, I don't know, maybe eight times. Um, seven years ago, I started one in Colorado just once a year in the summer and we would do something similar. Um, the exception being the person who ran the one in Vermont owned the house, which is wonderful. <laughs> I don't own right, a house right. that can host that many people. So, um, you know, we'd rent a ski lodge or something. Yeah. And mm -hmm. then in the summertime in Colorado, up in the mountains is beautiful. So we just rent a ski lodge and, um, we have somebody who does the cooking for the whole thing. And so all the meals are provided. You just basically show up and hang out with people and, you know, kind of the same thing. It, it definitely was growing pains doing it early on because you are I learning <laughs> how to yeah. do it. And, and also getting people you know, enrolled and coming out to Colorado and getting the local community to see that this is something that's pretty cool. It's, yeah. yeah, We've done it for seven years now. We skipped 2020 um, as COVID ran over it. And then in 2021, we had two of them. We had one last July and then another one in October because the Vermont one was canceled. So, yeah, it's been crazy. But now we're pretty much – usually we have about 30 people who go. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. But since we only do them once a year, we um, they generally fill up pretty quick. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, so I'm assuming that for 2022, this summer, you have one – schedule that's probably full by now yeah it's in june june 8th uh -huh. or june 9th through the 13th so it basically goes from like thursday evening 
till Monday morning around 10 a.m. And then, okay. um, yeah, it, it, the thing we're finding is that the <laughs> this is sending us down a different path, but we found that the the real estate prices in Colorado are going way up, you know, kind of like a lot of places. And so mm-hmm. Verbo's, yeah, and I think Verbo and Airbnb and those guys have also made short-term rentals something that is so much more prevalent that a lot of people are buying those lodges. Um, so the price of it is going up quite a bit um, yeah. to the point where we basically last year um, bought a piece of property up in the mountains and are currently in the process of trying to build a house that's big enough to host. Um, but that won't be ready for at least two years, maybe more. Yeah. yeah. So well, it's well, exciting though. It is. I am very, very excited about it. <laughs> it my, my, one of the biggest things I'm excited about is the concept that I own the property, then I can host four times a year. All right. I really, really would like to do one in the summer and one in the winter and do a ski one. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The place we're near is, where we bought is close enough to winter park that you can go up to winter park and ski. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the lodge prices have always been prohibitive. Yeah. The winter season is, you know, the, the expensive season here. So yeah. I, we've never done a winter one, but I'm looking forward to eventually being able to do that. So it'll be very exciting. Yeah. yeah cool. That's amazing. Yeah. I, I would, I'd love to go back. So a few things like, like I keep thinking about <laughs> are like, <laughs> You, you talked about sort of discovering or realizing the, the, the bisexual side, your bisexual side, or that you are bisexual is probably the, the right way to say that. I'm sorry. Yeah. The, realizing that you're, you're bisexual, like where, I guess, where along that journey did that happen? And then like, are there other things throughout this poly adventure that you've like, you've learned about yourself that are sort of like new revelations that, that you think have been born out of this? That's a good question. I I think that the the bisexual pansexual part was probably uh, the realizations were there probably ten years ago or so. You know, I, it was only after I started having other partners. I mean, I I wouldn't put myself as like a three on the Kinsey scale. I'm probably more like a two. I'm not. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a, but I wouldn't call it, oh, what do they call it? There's one that's just barely past heterosexual and a little further than that. But yeah, you know, it's basically yeah. my view is I, I'm attracted to men, but I, I am not attracted to masculinity like that. That kind of hyper masculinity sure. is a big turnoff to me. So uh, there are definitely effeminate men that I really think are amazing, you know, and mm-hmm. <laughs> I joined the Denver Gay Men's Chorus um, uh, before COVID. So it must have been 2019 and sang with them for a year. And that was amazing. I mean, I just loved it. And they're a little bit overachievers in the choral singing world. <laughs> 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 I, I did not have the time to keep doing it. I was like, I did it for a year. And I'm like, it was like every waking moment for me to like keep up with all the stuff to memorize and stuff but it was still an, a wonderful experience and they're you know just being with that many gay men and just getting to hang out uh, it, it basically it was a way to verify is this something i i think is true for me or not and it, it definitely was you know it was like yeah mm-hmm. um yeah i don't know it was a good memory i like them 
yeah. other growth areas, it, it's it's been a very good way to learn more about acceptance. Um, you know, and the whole community, it's like getting to know many trans friends. I'm sure I had trans friends before who probably weren't out, but now everybody is out. I know people who are trans who are on every bit of the LGBTQIA spectrum, um, which is awesome. You know, and there's also a fair amount of overlap with the kink community. So getting to see that too is fun. Um, yeah, it's definitely interesting like how many Venn diagram circles there are that intersect in this community and yeah. getting to know them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. As you know, you mentioned earlier that you are out on Facebook and you know, you told your kids, yeah. but how did, how did that journey go with telling family and friends in general? So I was, the Vermont one happens in early October, um, which is around my birthday. And so I've spent my birthday at the Vermont Poly weekend many times. Um, yeah, the way I came out to my mom was she called me on my birthday to say happy birthday. And we're talking on the phone and she's like, what's that noise? And I'm like, oh, I'm at a conference. She's like, what kind of a conference? I was like, okay, here we go. So a uh, polyamory conference. It's a retreat. She's like, what's polyamory? So we had a good hour long conversation about polyamory and, um, and I've talked to her many times since then. She comes to the game nights with my partner's all here. Um, and my brother lives down the street and he comes over. Um, I, I told my brother and my sister right after I told my mom because she's yeah. going to tell them. And but I, I'm very, very fortunate in that my um, my brother and my sister have always been accepting. And my mom, I, she, I don't think she was ever worried about it. She just had a lot of questions. You know? yeah. Now, my other partner who lives in town and I have season tickets where we go to the theater with my mom. So, you know, it's like, we interact a lot. It's, it's really, that's super wonderful. cool. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's amazing that like they come to game night and hang out and they're <laughs> just sort of like in, they're just in with it. I love it. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Well, the funny part, like when I started dating my partner, who's an hour away, <laughs> she, one of the first things I did is I didn't even think about it. I just invited her and her husband to game night. And for me, it's just game night. It's like a bunch of people. I, you know, not all partners. It's just friends and partners and family mm-hmm. hanging out. And, yeah, yeah. And she shows up, and it's like, you know, we'd been dating I don't know three months, six months at that point. And she's like, "There's my mom. There's my brother. There's my <laughs> other partners. <laughs> it's like meet everybody all at once." She's like, "That was kind of a lot." You. Might- like I want to re- rethink that strategy a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it, it was funny. It was just, um, I, I didn't think about it from that perspective, but she was right. But she now it's fine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. The community part is very important. It just, it, it, it's neat to have yeah. so many accepting you, people in life. Yeah. You had said your dad was a pastor, and I think... Yeah. It's interesting. We've actually, I was like thinking back, like there's probably been a dozen or at least half a dozen people who have been like, my dad was, my mom was, my mom and dad were. So like, yeah. I'm just curious, like <laughs> how ha- have you been able to tell him about that? 
Uh, no, because he died of a heart attack in 1999. So, um, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, yeah. well, <laughs> it was rough back then. You know, I guess now you know, it's been many years. So, um, yeah. yeah, so he, he died before I even knew I was Polly. Um, sure. Honestly, I, I think he would have been okay. He was, it, it would have been, I think, challenging in some ways, but, um, mm. He wasn't, like I said, he was not a fundamentalist pastor. He was very much what I call a, somebody who was in, he was Lutheran and he was um, very much believed in like Jesus's teachings, you know, I, mm-hmm. and he, he was much more in the realm of you accept people, you love them, um, you feed the poor, you know, you like that type of Christian, which I'm a little sad. seems like a lot of the world has moved away from, um, you know, and I, I've moved away from Christianity in, in general. Like I, I now an atheist and I think that would have hurt him more honestly than the polyamory. Um, mm-hmm. you know, so it's, yeah, it's an interesting journey. I, I, I think he would have accepted where we're yeah. at, but who knows? Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah, you can't. It's hard to tell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, thank you for sharing that. I appreciate it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. You know, we've covered a lot of ground in the last hour. Do you have anything else that you wanted to share or get out there? I don't have anything. I, I had written a list of things I was trying to remember to talk about. Um, the only one I would say it's not related to me personally, other than one thing I've learned, which is. One thing I see a lot when you're on, when I'm on poly groups, on uh, discussion groups, is there's always people who are up there being like, I, I've been on dating sites for two weeks and I haven't found a single person. Yeah. And I'm like, one thing it has definitely taught me is you, you have to learn patience. You know, it's mm-hmm. I, you you do not find a partner, even in the monogamous world, you don't find a partner who you're gonna be. <laughs> close with and who's going to be a long-term relationship in two weeks like that just doesn't normally happen you know it it takes time to find people and to weed through them you know and and the other thing i think is funny is that on always the discussion on online groups about should i tell people i'm poly or not early on because if i tell them i'm poly they they don't go out with me like you don't want them to go out with you the whole point of a dating profile is like to filter all the ones out Yep. are going to find out about that later and be mad at you. You don't want yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. No, that's yeah. exactly right. And I think too, the, the flip side or what hap- what can happen. And we saw this, I think for us early on, and it was more of a swinging friends with benefits dynamic that, that we were seeking out back then, but we would see the, the scarcity mindset of like, Oh, well it took me three months to get the first date. Yeah. And then you're like, well, I better make it work because I'm not going to wait around for another three months. So then you're like trying to like force a square peg into a round hole right? and beating your head against the wall because it wasn't a good match. You're not a good fit, but like, I don't want to go back on the dating app. So we'll just, we'll just suffer here for eternity. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It, it's very funny. It's <laughs> it, anyway, it's just, it, it's really interesting. <laughs> being yeah. on poly discussion group for example on facebook and going, oh yeah okay same questions come up over and over but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that was the only one i had on my list that was ones we haven't talked about 
Um, awesome. Yeah. Those are really good point. It's just important to remember patience. So yeah. Well, I'm glad you brought that. a list to the party. We didn't come with anything. <laughs> we just showed up. <laughs> That's funny. The other thing I would say is that if people are interested in the Colorado Poly Weekend, um, we have a site. You can put it in the show notes. It's just yeah. you, literally if you Google Colorado Poly Weekend, it pops up. Um, it's just coloradopolyweekend.org. So perfect. Um, if people would like to be notified of when the next one's, when we get the house rented and know when it's coming. Yeah. Um, if they join the site, we, we basically email everybody who's a member of the site whenever we mm-hmm. set up a new one. So very cool. easiest way. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for adding that. To and, and links will be in the show notes and we're excited to, to uh, send people your way. So oh, yeah. Cool. Good. Well, th- Thank you for your time today, Tom, and for sharing your story and for the work you do with the different poly groups. And uh, we're excited to get your story out there. Yeah. And we're excited to hear where it's at. And we'd love to talk to your wife at some point and hear the (laughs) mono side of the journey. So maybe, maybe if she's listening, we can entice her to, uh, to come our way, but no pressure. No pressure. No pressure. Tell her she, yeah, she might. That would be awesome. Yeah, yeah. I love yeah. I love your podcast. I love listening to it, and just really happy for all the work you guys do too. Thank you. Awesome. Thank thank you so much. Yeah, thank yeah. you, and have a have a wonderful Colorado afternoon. <laughs> I will. Thank you. <laughs> and we're back. A huge thank you to Tom for coming on this podcast and sharing your story, and for the work you do in the community. We're so excited to get this out there. Yes, and one thing we wanted to mention as well that we forgot: uh, we talk about an episode with Norm around "Don't Ask, Don't Tell" policies. That is episode 187. Links will be in the show notes. You learned about that in the intro. Yes, obviously. <laughs> so you'll know where to go to find that. But it was a great conversation as well. So thank you, Tom. And thank you, Norm. A quick reminder, go to our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com. There you'll find podcast show notes with pictures and links from our guests, as well as um, links to our virtual meet and greets. The next one will be in August, as well as links to our Patreon community and stdcheck.com, along with our other favorite resources. And you can reach out to us. There's a lot on our website, as we said in the intro. And I added Angry Birds while you were listening to Tom. Yeah, good job. Or maybe I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) You'll you'll have to go over there and find out for yourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Go check it out. You got to go to our website anyway. Go see if Finn's lying or not. Yeah. So something exciting is coming up this Friday, Emma. Yes. We have a new Focus Friday episode coming out this Friday all about sexting. Yeah. It's fun. (laughs) I've been been really honing my sexting skills the last year and a half. So I want to, I think I maybe taught Bex a few things. That's who's coming on to the show to talk about it. Bex Caputo. uh, Awesome sex educator, kink educator, all around badass. And he's actually coming back on the show in a couple of weeks to share his personal story. But we're getting the sexting episode out there quick so you can spend your summer getting hot and bothered on your phone. Yeah, I'd like to think like he taught us a lot, but we also taught him some things too. I don't really know if we did. I don't know. But he definitely taught us a lot (laughs) and he's going to teach you a lot. So thank you, Bex. Uh, We're super excited to get this out there. We'll see all of you on Friday. And then again. Next week, uh, we have our regular Wednesday episode and it'll be with Allie and Galen. Yeah. They live on a boat. They do. So that's super awesome. Our first boat people. (laughs) I don't know if they would appreciate being called boat people or not. I think... I think we know them well enough to know they'll be okay being called boat people. Anyway, (laughs) come back, listen on Friday, and again next week, and we'll see you then. I think the proper term is cruisers. I think you're right. But 
Anyway. Boat people. We got boat people <laughs> next week. All right. We'll see everybody in a week. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening.